Okay, okay, everybody. Okay, quiet, everyone. Quiet, quiet. Grab your glasses, pop your corks. The show is about to start. Welcome to The Flask at Hand, the podcast that starts with whiskey and ends with K-N-O-W-L-E-D-G-E. What? Knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) We are your hosts, Aaron, Lindsay, and Jake. As I do, I will (laughs) introduce us to those of you that don't know us yet. Aaron is a professional dream interpreter. He claims all you have to do is explain your dream in detail to him in a one-hour session, and he will tell you the exact meaning of that dream. He says he has had this gift since childhood, and that although dreaming isn't an exact science, interpreting them is. (laughs) And he guarantees 100% satisfaction uh, with his results. Yes. What would you say is the most common dream among your clients? Wet dreams. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. I don't know why I didn't is see that, that one coming. Being in a hot tub, swimming <laughs> in a pool. Can you please explain? Yeah, it's like yeah, night sweats. Kind of yeah, night sweats. sweats. Yeah. Okay, got it. Um, Lindsay is a second grade teacher at Walkerville Elementary. And with the use of her special, some might even say magical school bus, takes her students on <laughs> fantastical yet educational and informative adventures yes. into the solar system, center of the earth, and even inside the human body. Uh, what? What particular adventure was your favorite? I think it was called The Beach, and Leonardo DiCaprio was there, That was I believe. A, that, oh, that was an adventure you took your called, second yeah, grade student? Oh. I took him to that. Yeah. It was like a kind of like a weird, mysterious, deserted island, and I don't remember what all happened at this point, but it was interesting. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Leo was there. Leo. Old Cap. You just know his yeah. first name basis. Yeah. Leo Cap. <laughs> and I am Jake, your friendly neighborhood oil spill recovery vessel operator and also um, whiskey spill recovery yes, operator if you spill whiskey i'll, co- I'll come lap it up, lap it up. <laughs> yeah that's exactly this the first thing in my mind was me with my tongue on a table <laughs> or floor or whatever it doesn't matter um, uh, tonight we are going to have another Random facts, things, and stuffs episode. Facts, facts, things, and stuffs. With such things tonight as the mysterious origins of the fortune cookie and oh, PNW beasts and phenoms. So some Pacific Northwest local lore. lore. Mm, okay, okay, Aaron. Mm. Seattle beneath Seattle. Oh, s- the underground mm. from back in the day. That'll be awesome. Yeah. Cool. So those are the things we're going to be um, regaling you with tonight after, of course, we try our whiskey for the evening. And so... Without further adieu. 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 Let's it does kind of look like adieu, actually. That's got the same color. Dip. I hope it doesn't taste like adieu. <laughs> the best French dip this, this week, you guys. Oh, so good. So whiskey then. Yes, back to the okay, whiskey. Okay, so what do we have yes. here, Lindsay? 
one thing that's cool is way back to the episode with Kim and Tim Britter is they teased us saying that they went to a local distillery and got us a special bottle of whiskey mm-hmm. that turned out to be a bottle of R&R. Right. <laughs> but Funny we were special. saying, like, oh, was this from that local place down here, that Valley Shine? They're, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 that was it. Yeah. Well, this actually is from Valley Shine. No so joke this time. We're finally, finally, finally tasting it. What, two years later? So Benjamin's Bourbon from Valley Shine Distillery in Mount Vernon, Washington, yep. yes, which is just down the road from us. Mount Vernon is just a couple towns. Minutes. Yeah, 25, 30 minutes down the road. Yep. Yeah. It's made of Washington grains, charred oak barrels, minimum of three years. Okay. Hey, that's pretty yeah, good. Three years. Yeah, year. minimum of three years, just yeah. like scotch. Hint of vanilla and brulee. Ooh, creme brulee. Oh, man. Okay. Let's not even start that because it's just going to be turned into a musical. Um, So we have some local whiskey here tonight for one reason, because we love trying local stuff. We We like giving our money to local people. But also tonight we have a new kind of whiskey glass to try out. And we wanted to, and they're a local company out of Seattle. Uh, called Whiskey Wisdom. And I say wisdom because they cleverly put an H in the word wisdom. Um, And they're awesome people. And so we have three glasses that that they make. Uh, A glass blower in Seattle makes these for them uh, with crystal glass. And they're they're really cool. You couldn't be more stoked about these glasses. They're so cool. For those of you that don't know, we usually do our tastings with a Glencairn glass which is pretty standard glass. It's shaped like a bulb, and it gets narrower at the top, wider at the bottom. And that reason is so you can get uh, a good nose and get a, the good flavors also out of it. You just get a lot more when it for, when it forces that the air kind of up through the narrowed part of the glass. Delicate and glass. They are. Yeah. They're very delicate. Yeah. They're very thin. Um, but we use them all the yeah. time. So this glass, we'll post pictures on the on the website and on Instagram and. Mm-hmm and Facebook and stuff, so you can see them. Whiskey Wisdom calls them the American Whiskey Glass, and it is similar. I don't I don't want to compare it to Glencairn because it's so different, and, but it's it's similar in the way that it narrows at the top and it's it's uh, wider at the bottom. It's kind of fluted almost. But it's not as say, delicate. Like fluted, it's but it's got a heavy it's got a bottom. It's got a heavy bottom, kind of like a rocks a glass, but, it, but the shape of the glass is more of like a Glencairn, so it's really like... Honestly, it's the perfect mix the of perfect both glasses, yeah. and it, it feels good in your hand. You know, it, it, it swirls nice. I mean, it's just a really awesome glass, and I'm really excited to have these because they're fucking cool. Yeah, anyway, Whiskey it. Wisdom um, is the company out. that makes them. Check them out. Go to their website. Um, order a couple of these glasses. WhiskeyWisdom.com. And Whiskey Wisdom also um, has joined up with a couple of local distilleries, too, and, and their their main goal is to get local whiskey out to those that maybe wouldn't know about them in general. So they got a they got a cool thing going on like that. Yeah. But um, So thank you, Whiskey Wisdom, for the glasses, and we're thank stoked you. to, we're really stoked to... Uh, thank you so much. This is so cool. Put some whiskey in them and give it a shot, yeah, especially with this Valley right. Shine from right down the road. So yeah. what's the, is it 40%? Is yep. that what it says on it? Okay, so it's going to be pretty easy drinking. Yep. It's going to be pretty easy drinking. I'm I'm excited for it. So let's... Uh, shall we? We shall. This is from 2015, it says. It's got, like, Sharpie written on the bottle. It's kind of cool. Oh, yeah, okay. That's the batch. That's the that's probably barreled in 2015, I'm guessing? Yeah, 7 probably. of 15, and then 2 of 22 is oh. when they bottled it. Right? Oh, 
Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is barrel date right there. Yeah. So is that is it eight years old? I mean, uh, seven years old. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Cork pop. Suspense is killing me. Hey. Ooh. All that right. is really difficult to get out. But it made a great sound. It did. Yeah. Definitely get that sugar, like a um, yeah. brown like sugar. A brulee, like a. Are you getting the brulee out of the nose? Yeah, I guess. I guess so. There's. I. I am getting like some rye. I'm, I'm, I'm getting, getting wood the for sure too. Grassy notes. Obviously, the white oak notes. The rye. Okay. Oh yeah. I'm gonna remember to Tastes go like in for the. Yeah. What do you guys? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what it smells like. Whiskey. No. Oh. It smells like a good distraction from the pain of life. <laughs> that should have been the cheers. <laughs> That's nice. what it smells Whiskey, like. A great nice. distraction from the pain of life. Oh, I have a, I have a oh, toast. Okay. We are all hostages of love. The only true freedom is to love nothing. Kind of refreshing. Almost grapey. Oh. Mm. Oh, I like that. Mm -hmm. That's good drinking. It's kind of grapey, like kind of whiny almost. Like like for a bourbon, doesn't it? Is, am I wrong? Maybe? Wow. That is really, really good. Mm. I actually really like that. I, I like that mm -hmm. it's 40%. It doesn't kick your ass. You know what yeah. I mean? I like the, the finish down the throat is smooth. Oh, yeah. Not there's no burn. No. No, the alcohol vapor is low. Yeah, and actually, there's none in the, the nose either. There's no, no alcohol vapor. Mm. A little bit. Not much, though. Mm -mm. Bad. Mm. I'm still coffee. getting the the rye notes yeah. though. I'm still getting the grass mm. notes. It's less sweet in the t in mm -hmm. the taste. I yeah, think. it's not as sweet as I thought it was going to be. Um, but it is smooth. That 40 ABV just really m makes it easy That's drinker. Good. Yeah, yeah. Oaky is all uh, fuck too. Man, that yeah. is an oaky yeah, ass oaky. bourbon. But I just love this. Like comes that. from down the street. Yeah. Isn't that fucking cool? Yeah, they've done, yeah. they done a good it's job here. About average price. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? What does it run? Fifty bucks. Yeah. yeah. That's Washington State prices, you know, too. Got everybody out that's there that doesn't tax. live in Washington, you got to remember there's a special idiot tax on liquor in Washington yeah. State, and it's between 25 and 30 percent now. I don't even know yeah. what it is, but of, of the actual, it's a, it's a, it's a weird tax. It's like a bottle tax or something. Yeah. A, it's a per liter. I don't know how how they figure it out. They're a bunch of fucking assholes. But yeah. anyway, so it's expensive to buy whiskey here, even mm -hmm. cheap stuff. Um, well. Well. One to one hundred on the Benjamin's Bourbon. Oh, I thought we were wrapping up. Uh, <laughs> from Valley Shine Distillery in local Mount Vernon, Washington. Beautiful Mount Vernon, Washington. I am uh, going to give this a seventy-seven. Oh wow! Okay, that's that's high. That is pretty high, but I like it because it's simple and it's an easy you drinker, and, and that's what I want right You're now. Growing up. I know, I know. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'll say seventy-seven. That's pretty good. Cool. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, for a bourbon for me, that it's is pretty good. good but yeah. it's hella good. That's hella good. Hella, hella, hella good. good. <laughs> Jesus. Have you ever made out in dark <laughs> hallways, <laughs> displayed a kiss that made your day? This say, is what we were listening to on the way here. Play a track from a record collection. collection. <laughs> that's exactly. <laughs> your something. Congratulations. Yeah. Seen a lot of things. Dun, some, some. <laughs> know that we have always been down, down. down. <laughs> if they ever didn't think you, you, you. <laughs> then just let me do it down, now. Down, now. That's weird. Is it I'm weird? I'm not kidding. It's yeah. fucking weird. Yeah. I no, just ask him. I skipped through like 40 songs. <laughs> 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 Three, eleven, no. Okay. 
Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's the song to listen to. Too. Cool. That's fucking weird. That's awesome. So, what about you, Aaron? I'm tripping on that. One to 100. I'm a 75. I really like it. All right. Yeah. He gave a so bourbon smooth. a lower score than I, I know. did. I'm I think surprised. that's the second time now. Is it? Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah. It tastes kind of juicy to me. I'd Even rate this wrong. on a level of juices from. <laughs> I'm going to go from. What's your least favorite kind of juice? Probably going to go. I mean, I like. I kind of like cranberry planet. in a weird way because it's almost like. It's got that little like. No juice I hate. Huh? Apple juice. I don't like apple juice either. Yeah, it's pretty it's plain. Not great. Very farty. It's not great. It, it reminds <laughs> me of the hospital. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. We're gonna go apple way. juice low. Yeah. Let's go apple juice on the low yeah. scale. Let's go pineapple juice on the very highest. Ooh, pog juice. Favorite. I do oh, like I some love pineapple. pog. Yeah. Okay. But probably just straight up pineapple would be my very favorite. Mm-hmm. And this is probably just like a. Um, gonna probably Orange go with a pineapple. i actually do like grape juice and it does taste grapey that's real boring but grape i'm gonna juice? go grape juice oh. i like grape juice white grape juice white grape juice is good okay. yeah sure oh. we could go with that although this well is, is kind of dark so I'm, I'm going with a concord <laughs> i'm gonna stick with concord, concord grape roger okay concord. purple <laughs> concord concord do you, do you concord i concord <laughs> <laughs> okay so on a scale of apple juice to pineapple juice uh you're giving it a concord grape juice yeah Perfect. cheers <laughs> So random facts, things, and stuffs. It's so random. Facts, facts, things, and stuffs. I'm going to kick it off here with the <laughs> mysterious origin of the fortune cookie. Before you get started, Mystery. though, can you grab me a beer? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Girl, you Dealer's know choice. it's true. First, I have a little surprise for everybody. <laughs> Whoa! Fortune cookies. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> Everybody, grab a fortune cookie before we start this history Either. lesson. Uh-huh. But uh, so this is my. Th- how do you guys eat your fortune? Cookie? I always break it in half first. Ha- break it in half. Okay. Yep. And I just I read it before I eat it. Weird. You always read it before you eat it. Yep. So opposite for me. I have to eat the entire cookie bef- and I have to swallow it all before I can read the fortune. <laughs> it's the opposite. Well, well, well do you? <laughs> you know what's funny? Uh, Sophie. I eat around the fortune. Sophie told me today, she said um, her friend got a fortune and a fortune cookie and she wanted it to come true so bad she ate the fortune. <laughs> she said she she had to eat the fortune if she wanted it to come true. That's like, that it? is some 11 year old awesome <laughs> logic right there. It's like, oh, uh, the hope. You know what I mean? Just the, just the hope mm-hmm. of it all. I don't know when I started doing that, but it's been a so long time. So mine has the fortune, and then it has six lucky numbers, and then it also has the learn Chinese. But mine says, discover your companion's world. Two worlds are richer than one. They obviously don't know me well. Uh-oh. Because I do not have a companion. You have two, two little companions. That's true. You're not no, you right in your mic. One, I'm the only one crunching because I have to eat mine first. Right, she has to eat hers first. This is the year when ingenuity stands high on the list. Ingenuity. Hmm, interesting. That's actually pretty true for you. We should probably trade. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you have an active mind and a keen imagination. You do. That's yours? <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's pretty spot on. Lucky is 11. That is one of my lucky numbers. Wow. 10, 18. 18 is my favorite number. 11 is one of my lucky numbers, lucky but 18 is my favorite number. 8 and 18. 25, 33, and 38. My Chinese is to learn down 
That's Whoa. the 311 song. Dude, this is some simulation <laughs> shit tonight, dude. Weird. This is getting weird, guys. Let's this get weird. We were just singing 311 song called Down. And how do you say it in Chinese? It's, it's spelled X-I-A. Yes. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Down. Why would I get down? That's weird. Uh-huh. I'm just, this is strange. Would it surprise you to know that the modern fortune cookie could possibly be an American invention from California? I would not surprise you. Not too surprised. Do no. take everything. But I don't like to think of it like that. There are a few theories and a lot of speculation around the mysterious origin of this little cookie. Speculation. <laughs> Where did it come from? Well, Who <laughs> actually invented <laughs> it? I almost did it. I almost I almost wrote that. I almost wrote that in my notes, but I was like, no, I'm gonna leave it. Gonna leave it. But uh, was, yeah. was it a fourteenth century Chinese revolutionist? Maybe a Chinese noodle company founder. Noodle. Or perhaps noodle. a Japanese gardener in San Francisco. And my the answer, answer is maybe all of them. Oh. oh. Interested. <laughs> yeah, so the earliest recording of a fortune cookie is from Kyoto, Japan, on an image from a book written in 1878. It depicts Japanese bakers making the cookies. Although a bit different in size and color from the cookies we know today, uh, the concept was the same. Hmm. Uh, in Japan, there's a temple tradition of random fortunes called Omakuji. I'm probably Omakuchi. destroying that, that word. Omakuchi. O M I K U G I. Yeah. Omakuchi. No relation to Tamagotchi. <laughs> right. Um, and that may have influenced the idea in the bakers. So th- this version of the cookie was called. Whew, this is a tough word. Tough one. Um, Tsitjura Senbai. Okay. Or send B. Anyway, and the slip of paper containing the fortune was placed in the folds of the dough rather than inside the cookie mm. itself. Folds um, of dough. I like the phrase folds of dough a lot. Yeah, sounds great to me. And when you said uh, different size, like I'm picturing like, what if it's like a hamburger size? So it's actually cookie. bigger and darker. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Just like the guy my ex-girlfriend <laughs> left me for. <laughs> um, there are two people in history that claim to be the sole creators of the fortune cookie and the battle rages on even now to who was the first David Young, a Chinese immigrant who founded the Hong Kong noodle company in Los Angeles, California. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got a picture too. Uh, uh, this is David Young. First. <laughs> he claims to have invented the cookie in 1918. And his story is concerned about the poor people he would see wandering near a shop in LA. He created the fortune cookie Aww. and passed them out for free on the streets. Um, each containing a strip of paper with an inspirational Bible scripture Gross. on it. Yep, yeah, and and uh, those were all written for Zhang by a Presbyterian minister. So the priest gave him the little papers with the Bible scriptures, and he okay. put them in cookies and gave them okay. to the cool. hungry poor people that yeah. would wander okay, around. That part's cool. Yeah. You know, they probably just... It was food, at least. Probably, like, more started wandering around his shop. Probably. Like, this motherfucker's going to make free cookies? <laughs> And others claim it was the Japanese immigrant Makoto Hagiwara. Uh, he was a designer of the famous Japanese tea garden in Golden Gate Park oh, um, in San Francisco in the late 1890s. Hagiwara? I'm going to say Hagiwara. 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 <laughs> uh, was an avid gardener until an anti-Japanese mayor fired him from his job around the turn of the century. How do you get to be an anti-Japanese? Any, like, what? 
Well, this is a late 1890s, early 1900s. There's a, probably a lot of fucking discrimination Pearl going Harvard on. Well, I just had, I think all the people that were Pearl coming Harvard. to the U.S. at that time from other places, too. Okay. Immigrating from right. wherever, everywhere. But later, a new mayor would reinstate him. And in 1914, to show his appreciation to all his friends that stood by him during his time of hardship, he created a cookie with a thank you note cool. inside. After giving them to all the people that had helped him, he started serving them at the Japanese Tea Garden. And in 1915, the cookies were displayed at an exhibition in the San Francisco's World's Fair. Well, then that's so got to be proved right there if it was at the World's Fair, right? Like, that happened. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. So now for the possible fortune cookie origin number four and, and, our, and our final origin story for this virtually tasteless yet fun cookie. <laughs> uh, this is the story of Chu Huan Chang. <laughs> I'm butchering that too. I'm trying though, guys. I'm trying. No, you're doing great. During the 13th and 14th centuries, uh, China was occupied by the Mongols. So apparently these Mongols had no taste for lotus nut paste. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I was waiting for Aaron to lose it. I was like, when I was writing that, I was like, oh fuck, this is gonna be the one of those. Lotus we're we're such children here. Church. But it's paste. Um, it's when you say paste, then it, it denotes. When you add that paste, I know. Yeah. <laughs> lotus nut. It's a texture. Lotus it's more of a texture. Paste. But uh, the lotus nut paste is what made up the filling in Chinese moon cakes. That did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You'll moon fill cakes. up. I'll fill those moon cakes up. Lotus With some paste. lotus nut paste. Some lotus paste. <laughs> 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 uh, oh You're a little God. Debbie. Fill up your moon cakes. <laughs> so the story goes, the Chinese people hid sayings inscribed with the date, time, and place of their revolution inside the moon cakes. And the Mongols despised the moon cakes. They wouldn't eat them because they didn't like them. So they put these messages in the middle of the moon cakes where the lotus nut paste would be. Oh, Okay. And kind of a Trojan horse of cookies. Dude, for real. This is what I thought about, too, when I was reading this. Trojan. And so under the disguise of a Taoist priest, oh. uh, a patriotic revolutionary named Chu Huan Chang uh-huh. entered occupied walled cities to hand out the mooncakes to other revolutionaries. So he's given everybody these mooncakes with these uh, instructions. Uh-huh. Uh, these instructions coordinated the uprising that successfully allowed the Chinese people to form the basis of the Ming dynasty. So the revolution was basically started and won because of these little messages and these cakes. And and now now there's a a festival called the Moon Festival. And it's uh, it's celebrated regularly now. And and part of that tradition is the passing out of cakes with messages or sayings inside of them. Yeah. I wonder what a moon cake looks like. I don't know. I kind of want to. moon pie. Yeah, there, actually, yeah, there was a like picture. There was a picture in the okay. on the website that I was reading, uh, getting this information from. But and then I wonder what the messages were too. Like, like just this is when we're going to do this, and this oh, is where. Okay. You know, it was all it was instructions oh, to where to be, and it is this legend <laughs> of Chu Huan Chang and the messages in the cakes. Some believe inspired the Chinese 49ers working on the construction of the American railways. Oh. Uh, through the Sierra Nevadas no to California in the mid-1800s. And when Moon Festival came around, they did not have traditional moon cakes, so they improvised using hard biscuits instead. Thus, Ew. the fortune cookie was born. Mm. So those are four separate. Crazy. Just waiting for you to eat your cookie. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> they're very crunchy, folks. Oh, they're delicious. That in your hand and these are honey fortune cookies, and they say they're baked with love. And I can taste it. I, I taste, taste the it. love. I can. I, I can taste, taste the, the honey nut paste. 
So that was the mysterious origins of the fortune cookie. Like we it. still don't actually know, still know. where it began. It's still mysterious. Mm-hmm. Wow. And now, a word from our sponsors. Pepperidge Farms. Pepperidge Farms, <laughs> Farm, remembers. <laughs> Go to AMH Custom Craft on Etsy.com for one-of-a-kind handmade items from leather, wallets, and beautiful knives to copper bracelets, earrings, and bow ties. Everything at AMH Custom Craft is made with repurposed quality materials. Want a custom piece? Send Aaron H. a message and make it happen. AMH Custom Craft on Etsy.com. You know, guys, I was eating at a local brewery recently, and I thought to myself... You know what this food could use? It could really use some Funkies. Funkies Hot Sauce Factory uses locally grown and organic ingredients to master the art of spice and flavor. A delicious addition to any meal, non-GMO, vegan, and gluten-free. Pick up a bottle or two of Funkies Hot Sauce and taste what you've been missing. Every batch is made with love and always funky fresh. Go to their website, Funkyshotsaucefactory.com to order now or check them out on Instagram at Funky's Hot Sauce Factory. And we're back. <laughs> and uh, we're going to hit you with some Pacific Northwest knowledge about the buried city. The buried city underneath Seattle. The story of Seattle's underground. Underneath Pioneer Square in Seattle. Is, I'm sure. Oh, I've got I've thrown up there many times. Yes. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot <laughs> of Jake's throw up. A long time ago. Are. A long, long time ago. This is way back in the day. But yeah, I, I partied down there a little bit. Mm-hmm. It happens to the best of us. It does. And the worst the of worst. us. Yeah. So underneath Pioneer Square in Seattle is another Seattle, a city beneath a city. So it is known today as Seattle Underground. However, pre eighteen eighty nine, it would have just been known as Seattle. The original Seattle, what we now know as Seattle Underground, was basically just a tinderbox in an extremely dangerous. <laughs> oh, okay, got it. I city. Yeah. Picture in the app. A dating there. app, uh, <laughs> bo- a box of <laughs> people just having orgies and shit. It's weird. <coughs> yeah. Tinderbox. Uh, so it was extremely dangerous to people living there. There were always dangers surrounding the city, so like huge floods. Due to the fact the city was right at sea level. Right. Under sea level. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, it was always flooding. And the fires, because the entire city, including all their, like, underground sewage and piping and everything, was made from wood. Oh, really? Hollowed out logs for piping? Interesting. Yeah. That's why we don't have wooden (laughs) pipes today. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Being that it was surrounded by much, it was good for building, but it was a fire hazard. Because everything basically there was made out of wood. Wood, right. Yeah. So it was just a matter of time before the city had a major disaster. Unfortunately for the citizens living there, that disaster came with the Great Seattle Fire of 1889. On June 6, 1889, an apprentice carpenter had a pot of glue, set it on a stove. A pot of glue. Pot just of a glue. pot of glue. Just heating up a pot of glue. Pot of glue. Wait, hold on. So the Great Seattle Fire of 1889 was started by <laughs> yes. one guy? One guy. <laughs> And he was, he was an apprentice carpenter. Carpenter, of course. Yeah. He was probably idi- drunk. idiots. So sat on the stove, uh, and of course the room was full of turpentine, sawdust, and wood chips. So nothing really <laughs> flammable. 
Um, and pretty <laughs> much anything team. and everything else is flammable. So the pot ended up boiling over. <laughs> of course it did. And the room and building went up in flames immediately. And that <laughs> set the whole of Seattle on fire. Wow. Yeah. And it lasted a while. So the apprentice, <laughs> so the apprentice a while. panics, uh, as most people would, and throws a bucket of water on the fire. Well, as you know, you throw a bucket of water on the fire. Well, some, you know, that might work if it was just fire. Oh. But the room, it had turpentine. Right. <laughs> So you throw water on it, which well, is all that does, is, right? it thins it out. Right. Because yeah. because oil wants to be one molecule thick. Yes. So when it goes to water, instead of globbing together, it yeah, spreads out because it only wants to be one molecule yes. thick. So all the water in that situation That's why it spreads. thin the turpentine out. And as that thinned out, it spread into every nook and cranny in Seattle's underground. And so did the fire. The fire followed. So on that day, the vulnerability and the flammability of Seattle became very clear. Fire spread over all the wood bridges that they built. So they built these wood bridges or boardwalks, mm-hmm. as they called them, for just in case of floods. Right. Right. So people don't have to walk through the mud and shit. Right. Mm-hmm. High water. So It's all wood. <clears throat> yeah. So as it spread down the wood bridges or boardwalks, it also hit all the wooden structures and buildings on the way in its path. Those boardwalks are probably like fuses to the next building, oh, yeah. you know? They were. I mean, yeah. So it even hit a couple liquor stores and saloons, when, which did not end well for those stores. Oh, oh no. They Bummer. ended up exploding. Oh. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Whiskey under pressure. Yes. So what also made things worse was the city fire chief was out of town that day. So no one knew what the fuck to do. Chief Seattle was out of town? Chief Seattle was out of town. <laughs> no, the fire chief of Seattle, yes. right? Yeah. Completely different person. Okay. <laughs> Citizens started to help out with the fire, but didn't know, obviously, what to do. Right. Uh, There's no guidance or anything. So they they didn't know. They they connect all these hoses together, but they didn't know if you connect too many hoses together at once, it drains all the city's water pressure (laughs) at one time. So they're just dribbling on the fire. Oh, no. So fire burned all night long. Finally calmed down the next morning. Um, But by then, uh, 25 blocks were gone. Wow. Turned to ashes. Damn. Yeah. Wow. So an estimated $20 million in damage is done. Of uh, so in that time? Today, that's the equivalent of $560 million. Oh, it was $20 million Whoa. then? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. $560 million today. Wow. Half a billion dollars. Yeah. So luckily, the, wow. the, the loss of life, though, was nowhere near the loss of property. Only one person died, but unfortunately, oh. it was a kid mm. who died. One person died. Wow. Yeah, How come that yeah. apprentice I wonder. Died? Yeah, right. he should have. <laughs> yeah, he fucking... He's the fire starter. Twisted <laughs> <Yes>. fire starter. <laughs> so there was a good thing that came from the fire, however. It did kill an estimated one million rodents, which solved the city's pest problem. So after the damages were assessed, it was time to begin the rebuild. So the city planners got together, obviously realized that they couldn't rebuild the same way. It had been built, uh, which was basically all out of kindling. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> they also realized that they should fix the flooding issue as well. Two birds, one stone kind of deal. So the new city <laughs> mandate was that every new building had to be made from brick and stone. Hmm. That seems like the obvious solution. Mm-hmm. And it is. The more crazy idea that they had came Bury up the with, mistake like a dead hooker. Yes. Basically, uh, they came up with was to fix the flooding issue was that they, that they wanted to regrade the entire city. That was destroyed wow. and make it above sea level. Yeah, change and it from an F to an A plus. Yes. <laughs> now back to an F again. We're going all the way up. Yeah. 
So in order to do that, they would have to regrade the streets to about 12 feet all the way up to 30 feet in the really like low-lying areas. Pretty much du- like a little over double yeah. where it was. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the this rebuild was going to take some time, obviously. Seattle was a weird place to live in for a while. So for, for a bit, streets and walkways were the new ground level, but there were shops and businesses. Yes, yeah, still down low. Yeah, that had their entrances to their businesses below ground level. Right. The ones so that people, didn't burn, or did they just refurbish them or something? Yeah, like the ones that didn't okay, gotcha. burn. So people would have to climb down ladders to get to places of business. Okay. So oh, could you imagine? Weird. That would be such a crazy place Trippy. to live. It's, it, yeah. it reminds me of like a crazy movie you watch, right? Yeah. But it, it was here. Yeah. I feel yeah. like you have yeah. to like go downstairs, right get down your baguette, street. and then you go then you climb upstairs to the meat ladders market or whatever. The right. thing like, back then either. Donkey. So That's probably made out of wood. Cool. Yeah, interesting. So interesting. That's only a hundred years ago, you know. Yeah. yeah, not that long. A ago lifetime. When you think about it. Yeah, Ish. one lifetime. Ish. Yeah, yeah. Hope you're healthy. Yeah. One non-smoker lifetime. Yeah, you don't <laughs> drink a lot of whiskey, or if you do, maybe, yeah. yeah, maybe that's the key to success. Uh, I'm hoping it does extend your life. They say we're trying real hard. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, a lot and of I've only had one. The, a lot of the business owners and landlords knew that eventually their second story would be the new ground level. So once the regrade was complete, that led to a lot of original first story or ground level abandonment, and the cities just paved over the walkways in front of the hmm. old first story uh, or the old ground level, uh, which led it to it being the Seattle Underground. Just paved cool. right I've over I've still never like, right, gone on that tour, the Underground I haven't tour. gone on it either. There's actually one here in Bellingham, Yeah, there's too. Bellingham Underground, yeah, the brothel. Is. Yeah, right? there is. Yeah. Um, but the Seattle one, I know in Pioneer Square – there was or is some like glass blocking that's on the ground, and oh, when yeah. you're underground on the tour and look up, mm-hmm. you can see uh, the light through the translucence of the yeah. glass blocks. Yeah. So, and that's been there a really long time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so, so it's like you can kind of get a glimpse of like the world above, right. yeah. even when you're down below. Yeah. Kind of feels interdimensional, even doesn't it? Like if yeah, you're, like back in time, walking through what used to be the street back then. Looking up and saw those glass blocks. You don't know that there's people in a different dimension, right, walking like walking around, like, like living their lives. Yeah. yeah like Have you ever seen the City of Ember? Yo, that's such uh-uh. a good movie. It's that an reminds, awesome that's awesome movie. That's what it reminds me of. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. City of Ember. That's yeah. a good movie. Definitely. Isn't does who's that guy that's in it? Bill Murray's Tim the Robbins. mayor. Tim, Tim Robbins, Robbins is oh, Tim Robbins. is the main yeah. guy. But it, the movie's really meant for probably like teenage. People, but it's a really good movie. Yeah, the the premise is just awesome. It just it had to have been a good book before it was a movie, definitely. Yeah. 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 So the the remnant of the old ground level was used for a couple decades after uh, until about 1907 when it was finally condemned out of fear that it was aiding in the spread of the bubonic plague, and the underground was eventually left to rot. That makes sense. I love stuff we like that. We should go get drunk and take that tour one day. Yeah, that, definitely. We, the three of us, should definitely do that. do that. Oh, fuck. Awesome. Why have we not done yeah. that? I don't know. That would be so much fun. I don't know. What do you guys do tomorrow? We should take a train oh, down. Like We should just take the train <laughs> like you do to go to the Mariners game. Take the train down. You get drunk on the train and then yeah, walk yeah. around. You know what, though? I'd really want to bring the kids. I know that sounds yeah. horrid, yeah. but they, could be cool. they would yeah. love yeah. it. They could be DD. Dylan could drive, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, he'd drive good enough. Yeah, maybe once Dylan could drive, we'll take them, you know. Yeah, we'll take the kids <laughs> for the experience. <laughs> for the experience, because they'd really enjoy it. Yeah. You know?
Lindsay. What do we got? Yeah. The best part of the show, no, folks. No, stop. Nah, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I got some phenoms. She always though. says that. Phenoms. Now explain to me what a phenom is. It's like a phenomenon. Okay. Something like a phenomenon. Something like a phenomenon. It's That's like a phenom. So I got like some weird oddities of Washington State slash phenomenons or phenoms. The first one is there's this guy, this author, and he's kind of like an oddities um, investigator type guy mm-hmm. named Charles Fort. He speculated, Fort. Charles Fort, like F-O-R-T. Cool. He speculates because of a lot of uh, evidence that shows that this could exist. He thinks that there's actually a species of upper atmosphere jellyfish. Jellyfish-like creatures that live in our up, upper atmosphere. And okay. there's a couple of reasons why. <laughs> this is really weird. So for one, thousands of pilots over the years have reported what look like jellyfish-like substances or creatures when they're flying they just see these weird almost like translucent that Mm -hmm. maybe can change color it's hard to tell they're like oh i saw it change color and then it was translucent and clear again i couldn't see it so fucking weird also there's been large numbers of dead birds with jelly-like sting burns found like big old like piles of dead birds and it's like these look like they were stung by jellyfish why is there a pile of dead birds right here Coming from the sky? It's a pile of dead birds. Pile of dead birds with, with jellyfish, jellyfish stings. stings. Okay. Pretty weird. So were they on a beach? They're yeah, like found on a <laughs> There's beach. There's seagulls like on a beach. Yeah. Like, yeah. all right, hold on. I think we can <laughs> explain this. <laughs> <laughs> so then in this tiny little town of about a thousand people that live there called Oakville, I've never heard of it in Washington. And I've never heard of the towns Oakville. that are around it either. Sounds it's on woody. US yeah, Highway twelve. Highway 12. 12. I don't even oh, know where that is. Yeah. Between Elma and Rochester, yeah. which I've also I know where Rochester and Elma. Yeah. Yeah. We do? Okay, yeah. so it's right between Elma and Rochester, hmm. a town yeah. of 1,000 people. You probably drive right through, right by it without even knowing it's there. Yeah, probably. It's kind of like no. Carlton. It's another yeah. weird town. It's like one horse town, right? Never it's got one building. It. Yeah. yeah, and it's funny that you said horse because the only thing that Oakville is known for is their annual zucchini mm. festival. Well, <laughs> oh, it's funny you say horse well, because uh, I'm the only thing, the only thing they're known point. for is their annual zucchini festival. I'm getting to it. If Period. Period. Yeah, moving on to the next. And because it was the last horseback bank robbery in Washington State. So that was where we the horse really bring that back. The last time there was a you guys, horseback what are you doing back weekend? bank robbery. You guys want to do a horseback bank robbery? <laughs> so nobody knows about anything except for the last horseback bank robbery. <laughs> That's it. That's the last thing Oakville's That's ever known for. Horseback bank robbery. That it is. Horseback bank, is, right? horseback bank robbery. Yeah, how many times can you say it? Quick say, it. And say it right. Twice only. Then in 1994, in August, two different experiences, it will say, happened. One of them on August 7th, uh, a lady looks out. It's raining really, really hard. Okay, it's rain. It's Washington State. There's rain. Whatever. What town is this? This again? is in Oakville. This is in Oakville. In Oakville. Okay. In what this year? This is in this tiny little Oakville, 1994. Okay. In August. So August 7th, the lady looks out at her black asphalt roof on her garage. She sees a lot of globulated pieces of something that are not rain. Obviously not rain. She's like, what the hell is that? Look like weird globules. They're jelly-like. She picks them up to touch them. Like, what the fuck is this? To touch it. And everybody who touches it ends up in the hospital. A couple days later, a kitten that lived on the property dies. And they don't know why. Did it eat or get exposed to some of the stuff? They don't know. There was no poison on the BB no. that they found in yeah. his brain from the neighbor kid. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. <laughs> then on August 16th, so like what, two weeks later-ish, more gelatinous blob brain. We okay. get more of it. Okay. Also in Oakville, same place, same little tiny town. All right. And this time it didn't hurt anybody, but it burned holes through a kid's trampoline. 
Okay. So it's caustic? Must, yeah, that's a good word. Or not caustic. It's uh, acidic. acidic? Yeah. The opposite so, of caustic, yeah. actually. <laughs> yeah, like a it's lo- all about a pH, local baby. local doctor was like, oh, I don't actually think that your nausea and vomit or your nausea and whatever it was, fatigue had anything to do with you touching that stuff. We just think there's like a sickness going around or something. Mm-hmm. It, nothing related. The kitten probably drank antifreeze. That's probably what happened to they it. Were just it has not nothing to do with the globs. They were down with the sickness is all. So then they decide to wow. analyze the... <laughs> the the uh the globs and they find that it is living material it has it has living material cellular from the sky it has no nuclei so it's not a human Mm. living Mm -hmm. deal but it but it is living cells yeah like a single cell so there's no explanation we don't there's living material falling from the sky in glob rain jellyfish rain basically could it have been one of those things where they get evaporated up and then rain down again because that's happened before yeah. in the ocean. It rained mm-hmm. fish or something. It rained yeah. something from the ocean something. in this There's place, so and it's because yeah. it, they were evaporated up into the atmosphere and then and then rained down later. That's a really good guess. So what they think, the only actual explanation they can ever think of so far is that there was uh, the Air Force had been doing live bombing exercises on the coast of Washington. Um, they thought maybe it ex- maybe some bombs exploded in a school of jellyfish. Got lifted up into the to the air, and like launched fragments of jellyfish into the atmosphere. But it would have had to be floated over two weeks. Right, that's eastern Washington, right? Close to like seventy miles. Yeah, yeah. So seventy miles from the coast, and it would take two weeks in the clouds. But it's possible. And then later in 1997, Everett had the same blob rain. Everett. Everett. Really? Yep, they had blob rain again. Really yeah. interesting. I grew up like right next to Everett. I grew yeah. up in Stomish. Yeah, Everett's so like, what? I was what, forty-five I, minutes from here in 1997. Yeah, I was. I wonder see, if you were exposed 10, to blobbering. 15? I was fifteen in ninety-seven. Weird. Yeah, probably. You're probably. I dead. probably witnessed. I was probably in Everett on my skateboard doing stupid shit <laughs> when it <laughs> blobbered. I was <laughs> like, oh, that's blob-rained. weird. <laughs> I, was, I probably didn't give a fuck. I think it's raining blob rain. I was like, hey, you guys see this? It's weird. And they'd be like, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. And then we just it's, didn't care for the rest of our lives. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get weird. stoned and yeah. go to Costco. Let's go do some 50-50s exactly. on the stairway. Yeah, exactly. We always went to Costco because they're they're like... Um, <laughs> their samples? No, no. Well, that was good. No, but the out, <laughs> their uh, like oh, little the um, restaurant thing was outside of Costco. Oh, no really? So there's a window on the outside and... The um, what was it? I remember we go out there all the time to eat because we were broke fucking kids, right? But it was yeah. like a buck fifty for a soda and a polar dog yeah. or a Polish dog, yeah. a polar dog, do polar dog. dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're white, <laughs> but Polish dog and a soda, buck fifty. Dude. God, what happened to those days? Yeah. Oh, they're long gone, bro. Well, no, it's, it's not, still cheap, but it's not a dollar. More. It's not a dollar fifty for a soda like and a Polish dog. It's probably like six bucks now. I don't know. Inflation, dude. Inflation? Yeah. So that's weird, huh? Like, we existed in that time, and I existed, like, Kinda very weird. near where yeah. that happened. You were probably there when it happened. Huh. Yeah, I don't, probably even, don't even remember. Yeah. Didn't catch a hot blob brain. So the other uh, weird critter that is kind of Northwest renowned is the Thunderbird. Renowned? So, renowned? Renowned? Yeah. Renowned. Renowned. So renowned. almost all Native American tribes have some type of lore about the Thunderbird, but the Pacific Northwest is pretty it's a great car. Big time, big time when it comes to big time. big time, big time, big time, big time. <laughs> <laughs> my dear, my dick, my dick, my dick. So the Thunderbird is that is that a uh, version of the no, Phoenix? No, but that's another really good lore. Like that's p- some good stuff. We should t- okay. we should cover the Phoenix at some point. But 
basically, Native American tribes say that there's a giant mystical bird, and they call it a thunderbird because its wings are so loud when it flaps, it makes thunder. Oh, okay. The they've they've Shh. never like figured out like well, what is that an eagle like what kind of actual bird <laughs> bird are you guys talking about right. and they're like no it's no bird that no, exists today this is an ancient bird they so for instance hmm. there were only two thunderbirds in Washington state Ever. according to yeah okay. according to native american and one of them dragons. lived in mount yeah. st helens oh dragons and then the other dragons one lived sure. in a lake at the foot of mount st helens and they said that when the one in mount st helens would would roll around in its sleep, it would cause earthquakes and eruptions of the volcano. Eruptions? Interesting. <laughs> oh, nothing makes me hard like a good old roller. <laughs> they, they would describe the wings as larger than two canoes and the feathers like the size of canoe paddles, all the huh. feathers. Big-ass birds. Hmm. So anyway, they say uh, they might still be alive and be causing eruptions on Mount St. Helens, but um, a lot of people say they were just eagles. But maybe. now we have geology, so this, and so yeah, we know that it's not there. a bird. Yeah, this is what's interesting. It gets better. So so a lot of, of um, uh, zoologists, I guess, say that it's probably cal- California condor is what they were talking about. There's a whole lot more California condors back in the day. Okay. So in our area, now they're in only in California because <laughs> they need a lot of air. They have a huge wingspan, giant wingspan. They have to have a lot of air to get lift. They've got to generate some lift. So anyway, they think that that's it. And when Lewis and Clark in 1805 got to the coast and saw the Pacific Ocean for the first time, they said they killed a bird that had a 14-foot wingspan. And so they everybody Very expects possible. this probably a California yeah. condor. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, this is what's weird, is that in 2005, in Oregon, the Oregon Archaeological Society in Woodburn thought that they came upon an elk bone when they were looking for whatever they're archaeological they're digging stuff they're like oh this is probably an elk bone it's a huge bone then they did a bunch of tests on it and discovered to actually belong to an ancient bird called the teratorn and they found a whole bunch of these teratorns they're like a dino like a dinosaur like a pterodactyl type yeah it's like a huge huge bird and they found some in argentina across north america in california florida new york all the same bones largest wingspan was yeah 24 feet Hmm. wow like how long is this not 24 feet. This is about eight. Longer now. It is exactly eight. Three times the wingspan of this was how big that freaking bird was. That that dino yeah. bird. Yeah, so three of these bar tops. Yeah, and it weighed over 170 pounds. And they said that it's a carnivore, and its jaw was shaped such that it could swallow its prey whole. Wouldn't even have to rip it apart. Didn't have the, the hook build because it could just swallow its prey. That's creepy. Wow. Giant fucking bird. So they think that it probably thrived at the end of the last ice age, at the end of it. And paleontologists think they probably died out as the glaciers started to melt. Um, So that it could be that like Native American lore could go back to about then, right? Sure. Of course it could. I thought that's kind of interesting. And then people have said uh, up in Alaska that in 2002, there was a bunch of reports of passenger plane passengers uh, seeing birds that were as big as the plane, at least a 14-foot wingspan, flying alongside the airplane. And they were always spotted at the edge of a storm. 
So like biologists and stuff say that that probably would be the only way they'd be able to take flight is they'd need a bunch of wind oh. at the edge of a storm. So you may only see them fly. Right, because the physics of it all yeah. doesn't right. make sense unless they had, an, big, like you said, enough yeah. air for to, yeah. to, for lift. Yeah. Something that big. For a huge bird, they gotta they got to yeah. have that lift. So anyway, that was kind of interesting that like these Thunderbirds might have not been bird birds like we think of them. They might have been an ancient, like a prehistoric like basically type. prehistoric bird and they probably did cause some craziness like right because you got to think about the native american lore is is like any lore from anywhere where things basically their translation of what they were seeing Mm -hmm. was a bird that made thunder with the wings because it was loud right and that's how they talked about it and it's like the chariots of fire whole thing where they were seeing you know maybe spacecraft Mm -hmm. or you know something maybe yes fighter jets from the future or whatever but but as they saw it was was a chariot of fire because it had only ever seen an actual chariot so they're picturing it exactly right so that's that's their translation of what they're seeing well and Uh, imagine seeing a 24 foot wingspan bird oh that's terrifying down and swallow a human hole well that's terrifying dude like that's a spirit right Right there that is a spirit animal that is not just like a random raven that you see picking apart something dead on the ground that's like Okay, that's a That's the things gods are made of. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's cool. And then this one, I got one more beast, but this one's not a beast. Now, this may have been debunked, guys, so I don't want to, like, ruin it, but it was still kind of cool. Have you guys ever um, seen Mel's Hole? Mm -mm. (laughs) No. Have you ever smelled Mel's Hole? No. The guy I work with? (laughs) Have you ever heard Mel's Hole? No. No. Yes. Oh, there's a place called Mel's Hole. It's not a place you can visit because it's locked down at this point but ellensburg mm-hmm. we know ellensburg we that's do. in eastern washington mm-hmm. from yeah. from here it's like that's where there's a big university there central washington university mm-hmm. and uh, the land of wind the land is it's a windy fucking, fucking windy. place yeah they should call it the windy city of washington they should call it the chicago of should. washington they should. <laughs> chicago <laughs> chicken in a car car won't go that spells <laughs> chicago this guy mel waters he calls up. Did you guys ever remember the radio station Coast to Coast? I fucking dude. You do? When I was working on the fishing boat doing night shifts, the captain on there. Remember I told told you about the old captain? I told him my dream when I was a kid about um, yeah, getting yeah, yeah. going Being into the alien spaceship. Yep. He's the one that said, you've been visited. Yep. Okay. He said, there's no question in my mind that those weren't dreams, but they they feel like dreams to you but those that actually happened and yet you were visited he was that kind of guy he listened to coast to coast every fucking night and i'm talking about um art bell coast to coast this This is before george nori okay this is before george nori yeah i fucking love coast to coast i haven't listened in a long time but um but the old school coast to coast was art bell it's an am station Uh and basically they would have people call in and talk about uh, specters or paranormal yeah. stuff and and Bigfoot and X Files kind of shit and like all multidimensional things and they have people that wrote books about it and I mean a lot of crazies right but also a lot of really cool stuff mm-hmm. and it was also on the uh, single sideband which is another uh, radio mechanism on on ships and boats and sometimes you could find just find just oh. dial it into the right one you can get coast to coast on oh, the no single way. sideband that's rad yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's my, my cool. coast to coast. But I, I listened to it all the time. He would call me up if we'd be like running from one end to a string to the other at fucking one in the morning, <laughs> somewhere in the middle of Bering Sea. He'd be like, Jake, come up here. Coast to coast is on. And I'd oh, go up there cool. and kick it with him for like an hour nice. and listen to coast to coast. Nice. Yeah, and then and then go haul a string or whatever. But yeah, it was, uh, it was cool, cool times. Memory. Yeah, it's like a, those, are, those are memories. Hell yeah. 
good memories from that's that that's kind of how this starts is he uh he calls in 1997 february calls from ellensburg to art bell and he says that he has a pit on his property it's just a big hole it is a big it looks like a drilled out mine type shaft mm-hmm. going straight down into the ground and uh it's a very rural property out in Ellensburg. And if you've ever even driven through Very Ellensburg, rural. even driving through it, the whole thing is rural. It's in town is rural. It is a Oh, it's a lot of cowboy boots and Yeah. It's and like an old western town, basically. It is. Yeah. yeah. I would not be surprised if yeah. a tumbleweed tumbled in front of you while you're walking down right. For sure. Mm. <laughs> so he says that there's no verifiable bottom to this pit. He's got this bottomless pit on his property. He does not know the history of it. It's just there, and he's done a bunch of tests on Did it. Did it just appear, or was it there when no, he bought there. the property? It okay. was already there when he got it. No one told him about it. It's just a real rural, large piece of property, and he just kind of like came upon this big hole in the ground, and he said, what the fuck is this? Is this a mine? What is it? So he takes a fishing I could. I picture him right now. He's He's... Taking his cowboy hat off. Scratching his head. <laughs> he's kind of got his hand on his hip, and he says, what the fuck is this? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, he's got yeah. a piece of, like, what? wheat in his, yeah. or no, probably alfalfa out there. He's got a long <laughs> piece of alfalfa in his teeth he's been chewing on for yeah. the last three hours. Puts a big shot in. Yeah. So he takes a fishing line with a weight on it and just keeps dropping it. Dropping it, dropping it, adding more line because it just keeps going. He can't find a bottom with this weight. He's not hitting anything. Then he pulled it up, had a fortune cookie on it. (laughs) 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 This hole goes all the way to China. (laughs) Sorry. The furthest that he can get it to go with what he's got is 15 miles deep. (laughs) Wow, this motherfucker's a fisherman. 15 miles. He's got that much fishing line? He's got that much time? He's been adding, you know, whatever, cord and stuff and... As far as he can tell, it's 15 miles, but, you know, we don't know what kind of math he's doing. Or like <laughs> yeah. he's marking. He also says that there is nothing normal about this pit. It's not just a regular pit that you can't find the bottom of. Right. Also, when you bring any metals towards it, like his watch or other metal that you have on you, it actually changes the metal. It will start to behave differently and either turn into a different type of metal or warp into a different type of Ooh, form. the alchemy pit. Real alchemy-ish. And he says, also, he brought a radio, a portable radio, mm-hmm. near the edge of the pit. Was it a transistor radio? <laughs> <laughs> he got up to the, he was listening to whatever, coast to coast or whatever, and he got up close to the edge of it, and it automatically only turns to old music. It changes it to old music, like oldies or older than the time like that you're in him. now. He's not, it, no, that thing just as soon as you bring the porta- portable radio near the edge mm-hmm. of it, it will change to old music. So then he, all, this is a little bit of a wild claim, but he says that he had a friend say that they their dog passed away and didn't know how to dispose of the dog. Put it in the so pit and it came it. back to life. Yes. No. He, they said they put it in the pit. And then about three days later, they were out walking on a hike where people hunt. And there was his dog with a hunter. His dog was walking with a hunter. He's like, that Reincarnated? is my dog. How'd the dog get out of the pit? Dog. Reincarnated? Well, reincarnated. And he said the dog did not recognize him. Like his, the dog was definitely the hunter's dog okay, now. Well, it could have been. Any dog it might have looked, looked a lot like him. him. I know, but still, he's like, that was my dog. That's like, my, I had a yellow lab, too. Well, yeah. It was like, a, I, don't, I don't know what it was, same. but 
I don't know what it was, but that's that's an interesting one. Yeah, that I'll might that. that might throw off our case for old Mel yeah. here. He yeah. may pack that one away. We so he says that after he called Coast to Coast, the feds showed up. Said that. How did he know about Coast to Coast? That's what I want to know. That's already. Who this does? guy's blacklisted on, for yeah. me already because he knew what Coast <laughs> to Coast well, was. Does everybody who calls into Coast to Coast have a false story? That's if if you knew about it, you wouldn't call in. Like I mean. Have you listened to Coast to Coast? (laughs) 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 Probably this is debunked, probably. But it's still interesting. I love it. This is my favorite shit right here. He says that they said that it's the site of a downed Air Force plane, that a plane crashed there that on his property the and they, they need to s- well just on his property period oh. and they need to seize the property that he whoa you know, he can't have it so and this is proven, so that this didn't is happen proven they just want to that the it. feds did start uh, giving him a lease agreement they paid him enough money monthly they decided to give him a monthly stipend. fee stipend enough to move to australia so he like oh got, yeah, dude, he got moved right by there. the feds to australia <sighs> furthermore australia. Why did he want it? Did he this choose that or did they ship him there? No, he chose he chose okay. Australia. Yeah, but they gave him enough money to where he could move all of his shit to Australia. So then mm-hmm. local investigators tried to look, and they found no reports of anybody named Mel Waters owning any property in this county. They could not find any. Oh, this is where the table's turned. Nothing. And if you go to the public library historian in Ellensburg, he admits that there was a file on the whole, and it has since disappeared. Does not know what's happened to it. He's in charge of keeping the files on anything in the area. Who right. is he's in the charge? Historian, Mel? The, pub, the public library oh. historian. He says that they've the file has been stolen on the pit. There was a file on the pit, not from Mel necessarily, but from reports from history. Like where did the pit come from? Any history right. on but the, the pit feds has even disappeared. Say they looked up to see if this the guy f- was real. Well, no, not or the who? feds. The f- the feds are not going to tell us anything about the site. The um. Uh, local investigators, oh, like like uh, news investigators, right. were trying no to look into like. Okay, so where did the story? So it sounds like they kind of wiped Mel's history of being right. a home or la- a landowner completely and taking so the file on the did pit. Happen. Something's happened with this pit. There's like, but yeah. they were telling it's weird. Nothing happened. There's no Mel. They do say geologists hmm. claim that the pit would be impossible, but there's a lot of things that should be impossible. Like a 15 mile that deep pit is exactly. impossible. Okay. Yeah. What they say the case against it is that Russians drilled the deepest hole in history. At forty thousand feet, which is about seven point five miles, about half the depth of what he claims how deep this was. How far again? Seven point five miles. Seven point five is the deepest man dug hole. And so they get so far down there that rocks start to behave like plastics and not solid rocks when you get miles down. They said it gets crazy. The because of the heat? Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Temperatures are over 180 that's, Celsius. That's a bit down there. Mm-hmm. Like, it's crazy. Oh. So they, they can't dig any deeper than that. So a 15-mile deep hole or, or deeper, because he claims you can't even get to the bottom of it. It's kind of impossible. There's a Dude, lot of things that would happen. If that were me, I would, set a, I would fucking get my climbing rope or go get a climbing rope, and I would just fucking I would never do that. that sounds so How scary. many miles is I mean, it from one... Yeah, side of the earth to the other if you went straight through the middle. I have no idea. We should huh. look that up. Yeah. Yeah. So geologists say that that's not true. Google it's Earth. Be a this is this is kind of like the last real test is that they said, well, let's go look at his property on Google Earth. Sure. They found a hole. They found a hole just like he explained. Okay. And they said it's about 300 feet deep. Okay. And so there uh, was a hole, but but there is no discernible bottom. Was it? There is not a discernible deep. bottom to so it. So no one's no no like civilian has ever. 
like it's it's now classified and like no no one can actually get weird into that's that's weird so though so something has something's, something's going, going on, on right yeah there's something something down there, there that he also says that at some point he saw a black beam come out of it a black like beam. a black beam i think mel's fucked up he might have been he might have been but or maybe he wasn't well, and maybe he's not. like Telling the truth we'll too, know. you know what I mean? Like, Indeed. there's always that whole yeah. thing. Where there's a reason hey, why they this guy sounds crazy. Shit so and they won't let anybody else near it. Right. A reason for right. And that's why they discount people that right. it make them sound crazy, right? Yeah. Because then everyone else is Literally, like, oh, they wiped him off the face of the earth. They uh, paid for nothing happened there. Like, and yeah. there's tons of things that geologists or archaeologists or whatever claim are impossible, and then they happen in nature. And you're like, well, what the fuck? He said that was impossible. Right, like, we find oh, well, new we things all the time. It happen as a human, yeah. but it happened in nature. Weird. I don't know. That was mm. a phenomenon. Yeah. It's a phenomenon, you know? Yeah. So, anyway, it sounded pretty interesting. I'd like to know eventually. It's something like it, anyway. Whole it'd, be f- it'd be fun to, like, do some more research on, for sure. Oh, huh. Um, actually, my friends have a podcast called Strange Happenings. So I don't know if you guys have listened to it yet. No. But um, they're part of the SK family, and uh, they do all paranormal and lore mysteries and just really cool stuff. Um, yeah, strange happenings. Yeah, they do all that. They cover all that stuff. So if you're into that, go there and check them out. Uh, quick thank you to Whiskey Wisdom, W H I S D O M Whiskey thank Wisdom you. for the glasses. Put their QR code online you, so you guys can it actually take a made pick the whiskey of it. Yep. better. Yep, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna put the, the link to their website in the show notes uh, because man, we are impressed with their glasses. They're just so cool. I highly recommend. I'm gonna get more. I I might phase out the Glenn Carnes. I mean, I mean, I might I might phase them out. I've been absolutely phasing them out for years. I've just been breaking them every. Ah, social media. Uh, actually, before that though, we need to do Zen. The next best part for those. Who take life too seriously. If you think nobody cares, try missing a couple of payments. That's God, a good that's one. way too fucking true. <laughs> right. So social media, uh, the at hand podcast dot com is our website. Go there and uh, check it out. You can see our one to one hundred scores of all the whiskeys. There's a photo and some information on each whiskey we taste and review on every show. Also pictures. And you can also listen to the show on that website if, if you would like to at the flask at hand podcast is our Instagram page. It's fun. It's like my favorite because uh, it's a great way to interact with the whiskey community and not, and, and podcast community and for Facebook. that matter. Yeah. And it's not Facebook. It's owned by Facebook, though. Oh, dang. Yeah. <laughs> or sucks. not Facebook. What's it called now? Uh, meta. Yeah, Meta. The Metaverse. Facebook page, uh, the Flask of Hand podcast, and also the Flask of Hand podcast Facebook group. A lot of awesome people on there, as we say all the time. Mm-hmm. Very cool, uh, very supportive, very, cool, very, very cool, fun, very, cool. very funny. Get on there and join the join the crew and, and uh, post funny memes or uh, whiskey-related or history-science-related. doesn't matter what it is. Just Roxanne Mockaby, by the way. Yeah, I know. She's the coolest person Rockstar ever. Rocky. Yeah, yeah. Roxy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Roxy is fucking awesome. She's the best. 
She is the best. Funky's hot sauce. Go get some. It's really good. Oh, oh I just had the Mad Child tonight. Yeah. I haven't wild tried child? the Wild Child. Oh, wild child yeah, yeah, I haven't tried it yet. I got that bottle up there, you but I haven't tried. tried the I haven't tried the Wild Child it's yet. It's so good. Okay. The problem with the Wild Child is good. it. You can put it on. Ev- the problem is it's too small of a bottle, <laughs> and you can put it. It's like get right. me a big ass bottle of this already. Yeah. I want a large <sighs> bottle there, Matt. Yep. AMH Custom Craft. Also, um, Hannah Berg, he's making some amazing stuff, man. I mean, if you guys want the perfect gift for anybody in your family, I mean, there's, um, we're talking knives, copper jewelry. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I say knives, I mean, that that doesn't even touch what Mm -hmm. these guys are doing. It it is just some really cool custom handmade stuff that's amazing and beautiful and functional and awesome. Yeah, I got my brother a knife for Christmas from him, and he loves it. Yep. It's so rad. He so many styles. On the, on the handle for me. Yeah, like, custom. It's awesome. So many styles of blades and, and also handles and wood. And just, it's just a. He's just, just a he's just a craftsman. He's a fucking craftsman. And he's also like a master craftsman of stories and shit, too. He is also he's that. Very entertaining human. Not only are you buying awesome stuff but you're getting it from an awesome human being yeah. so yeah. anyway check out uh, amh custom craft on etsy uh please because uh if you just you don't regret it valley yeah. shine valley shine yep thank you uh benjamin's bourbon from valley shine in Delicious. mount vernon washington beautiful washington state and, t- and tonight's yeah. show was really a culmination of local Everything. pacific mm-hmm. northwest stuff yeah. And uh, it's pretty neat to get all of those things. Out. We can get topics for the show and whiskey glasses oh, and whiskey. I could have had so many more topics. Like we could talk about Washington. There's State there's a ton, and I, I really I really want to do a show where we we do that. And more of it. Mm-hmm. And if I'd have known you guys were doing Pacific Northwest oh, topics tonight, then I would have done that. But also the thing about history and science, for that matter. Everything has a story, and that that was kind of my point with the with the fortune cookie thing tonight. It's random for sure, yep. but when you break a fortune cookie open at the restaurant and you read it and you eat it, you don't think of anything past that really. And there's a story behind everything, even the little small things in life. Mm-hmm. And that's why this is so much fun to do the history and science history. and all that stuff and whiskey and whiskey to top it off because nothing like getting a little loosened up when you're about to like talk to the masses through a microphone yep. <laughs> it's a little bit easier to do that <laughs> a lot right? easier so and and we love and and we're whiskey people we love the whiskey world and the whiskey universe yeah. and and the more and more the we do this metaverse. the more yeah the more we uh we are in tune with that and it's really fun on all the social medias to engage with other whiskey people and other podcast people so yeah. anyway and valley sean you should check out whiskey wisdom like you I Check bet. each other out. Yeah, so... Oh, yeah. How about checking each other out? Check Do we talk out. about how Whiskey Wisdom is also one of their goals is to is to bring local whiskey to other people easily? Mm-hmm. So That's if... Cool. Uh, yeah, Valley Shine, if you're listening to this Valley Shine in Mount Vernon, Washington, mm-hmm. which you will be because I'm going to tag you in this post. Yeah, we'll come visit you, too. But um, we yeah. will come visit you, yeah. We will. But uh, any local Don't distilleries care. around, um, get hooked up with Whiskey Wisdom. With whiskey Wisdom, yeah. And it's such a great name. They, they say that guys. their mission is to provide a platform for craft distillers to share their delicious whiskey with the world. Yeah. So distillers can focus on love what it. they love, and you can enjoy an adventurous palate. It's awesome. That's a hell of a, sl- that's a, hell of a yep. mission statement. We need a mission statement. We don't need one. Oh. Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> 
We don't we need barely one. have a mission. We'll keep it simple. We <laughs> yeah, we don't have a mission. No, it's not, it's not true. Our, Our mission, mission is, is to make you out there listening to this smile or laugh. That's all we care about. Or poop your pants. I don't know. Like we used to say on the earlier shows, <laughs> if we can make your day better somehow, if you're having a hard day and you get to laugh because you listen to this, then our job's done. Job done. That's great, too. I hope we don't make it worse. <laughs> that would suck. I fucking hope so. But good night. We're sorry. No, I'm not sorry. But I love you. <laughs> and we I love, love you. goldfish. Good night. Pepperidge Farms. I've I've tried to get it across every time I've spoken, but I don't think it's really come out. And I don't know. I I don't know what else to do. I don't know what else to do but stand here and scream at you. All talk, no action.